Welcome to IdeaGen TV. Today we are ecstatic to have with us Ashley Haynes Gaspar, COO, US Business Applications from Microsoft. Ashley, welcome. Thanks so much, George. It's so great to be with you here today. You know, Ashley, it's incredibly exciting to have you here for a lot of different reasons, one of which is we're about to talk about technology innovation with you, the COO of US Business Applications at Microsoft. And you have these incredible insights that we're so excited you're gonna share with our global audience today. You bet, I'm excited to be here. So Ashley, if we could start, could you talk a little bit about your role at Microsoft and how you help your customers become more agile, more profitable, and most importantly, perhaps more business centric? Absolutely. Uh, I'll tell you, I have the distinct privilege to help our customers really transform their organizations in the world. Um, and it's an honor to get to do that work. Um, and I approach the work with a deep sense of empathy because prior to joining Microsoft, um, I was in a different company as a CMO, as a sales leader, and as a CEO of two service and operations organizations. And to really help them drive incremental revenue and margin expansion, um, we had to do that through this really powerful intersection of people, strategy, and technology. And I'll tell you, my background prior to Microsoft really helps because not too long ago, I was in these leadership positions um, where I was accountable for unlocking innovation and growth through the intersection of those things. Incredible. And so based on that, that, that incredible experience, your background, you also talk a lot about culture. And so why do you believe that culture is such an incredibly important component to fostering what we like to talk about a lot, which is innovation? Yeah, um, I think culture is the thing, like shouty caps the. <laughs> it's either where growth and innovation thrives or it's where it dies. Uh, and I think people are at the heart of culture. And our job as leaders is to really create environments where people are unlocked and they're unleashed and to create places where people have the psychological safety to be seen, to ideate, to take risks and to bring their most authentic expression and version of themselves. Um, I think if people are using their energy to armor up or are playing small because they're afraid of the repercussions of playing big, we all lose. So one of the things that we talk a lot about as we're talking about innovation is just leadership. And that leadership is not a noun, it's a verb. And it happens at every level of the organization. And the base expectation is that you leave it better than you found it. And I think that requires a certain level of innovation. And that certainly requires a culture that, that fosters it. Um, and I think when organizations are grounded in courageous leadership, when they're grounded in vulnerability and authenticity, it creates this virtuous cycle of unlocking. Because when you unlock people, you unlock culture. And when you unlock culture, you unlock innovation. And when you unlock innovation, you unlock growth. And when you unlock growth, you unlock results. And this unlocking, this process of unlocking underlies how we work together and powers the innovation that we deliver together with and for our customers. Okay, I'm signed up. I love it. I, 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 I've, you know, look, we've interviewed thousands of leaders on IdeaGen TV, and I've never quite heard it described the way you just so succinctly described it. And also, I'd like to note that your passion about this, about culture, 
and your authenticity is remarkable. And so as we look at the next level, so why do you believe that effective leadership combined with innovation are so absolutely crucial now more than ever for an organization to thrive? Yeah. You know, these past two years have been a thing. Um, I don't think anyone suspected the range and magnitude of change that we've seen. Um, we've seen incredible disruptions, seemingly one black swan event after another, from the pandemic to fires to floods to social unrest. You know, I think about the effects of climate change uh, and global shifts in trade. You know, from a technology and a transformation perspective, folks are calling it really the great acceleration. And it's a decade of innovation that frankly has happened over the past, you know, two to two and a half years. And what I know leading a growth business at Microsoft is that innovation really requires brave new thinking. It requires new ways of leading and new ways of working, both culturally and technologically. And one of the things that, you know, I, I think I often think about is there are really four types of innovation. There's operational innovation, which is all about operational excellence and efficiency. You've got product innovation, which I think is pretty straightforward. You've got strategic innovation, which is about bold new business models. And most importantly, you have management or cultural innovation. And I think that it's this last piece that leaders don't focus enough on. You know, And think about what school and work has looked like during the pandemic. It required some operational innovation on how we found efficiency. We saw businesses and school districts learn their way forward through this. It brought, up, it brought products like Teams, um, which is a Microsoft offering to the forefront to really drive collaboration in a seamless way. Uh, it also required an entirely new level of intentionality and our approach to personal connection, to how we build teams, how we build culture, and how we build community. So it required management innovation because the old ways of connecting were no longer available to us. You know, and that's just one example. In this environment of one black swan event after another, one thing is certain, I think change is constant. Uh, and I think that speed and adaptability are existential priorities for a more prosperous and a more sustainable and a more fit for the future business. And I could not agree with you more. Speed and adaptability are truly more important than ever. You need to be prepared for the unknown. Gosh, Ashley, a few years ago, mm -hmm. we were looking at the runway to 2030. We were looking at, in 2015, all 193 member states of the United Nations came together and agreed to something. Now, in context, agreement with all 193 member states of the UN is a very, very difficult thing, and it might have been the only time it's ever happened. Yeah. I hope it's not the last time it's going to happen. But they agreed to these 17 global goals of the United Nations. And these goals are really focused on creating awareness and contributing to the ultimate achievement of things like eradicating poverty, global partnerships, empowering women and girls, of which we have an annual summit, as you know, at the United Nations, and so many other incredibly important issues that these countries, the member states, came together and said, yes, we agree to these 17 global goals. And by the way, as you know, Microsoft is leading on all of these yeah. goals. So that's incredible. As a successful leader, which you are, and you've demonstrated that here again today, what are your three key insights, Ashley, for achieving these global goals? 
That's a big, thick question. Um, and I and I think for me, it comes down to a few things. I think the first is people and technology. And I think people and technology have to come together to drive the innovation needed to achieve all 17 of these goals. Um, if you take poverty eradication as an example, you know, at the macro level, technology increases access to education, which the UN has called the key to socioeconomic mobility. And at a micro level, we think hard about the tools behind that access and their design and how people use them. You know, I, I think about my daughter as an example. I have a daughter who is dyslexic um, and technology has helped level the playing field for her to be able to achieve more. And that is something that technology has the, the ability to do when we put people at the center of what we build and why we build it. I think the second uh, is the operating system uh, for any organization to really plug into the sustainable development goals um, is really at its core culture. You know, we talked about this already today, but authenticity, clarity of mission and empowering every employee to lead is crucial to tackling these big meaty challenges like sustainable development. And I'll tell you at Microsoft, we've made some, some ambitious sustainability commitments including being carbon negative by 2030, matched by a billion dollar climate innovation fund. Uh, we're also enabling opportunity for our customers in a nearly $1 trillion global renewable energy market. You know, and the Microsoft Cloud for Sustainability really bridges our commitments with what our customers need to seize this opportunity. And it's already helping our customers record, report, and reduce their carbon emissions. And this is just the start, which really leads me to the third piece. We each have the responsibility and the power to help. As a leader, you know, I, my peers across Microsoft um, have immediate impact on the goal of decent work and economic growth. It's in how we lead our organizations. It's in how we create economic mobility by technically upskilling and training people in the workforce today and for the next generation of technology workers as well. It's also about fueling growth through the adoption of technology and then how we invest in the development and diversity of the next generation of leaders. And every day I talk with customers and peers uh, in my industry and across industries about what we're doing, what they're doing, and about how we can help each other accelerate because responsible economic growth is behind each of these 17 goals and it's all of our responsibility and accountability. You know, it's simply profound in the way you describe that with the sort of trajectory and the impact that you, together with your colleague at, colleagues at Microsoft, are pursuing leading into 2030. I mean, it's not a small feat to set the marker that the company will be carbon negative by 2030. That alone, in and of itself, is a major marker. And as I like to tell folks across the spectrum, you know, what's remarkable about, about Microsoft is that there's a flag that's been planted. Mm -hmm. And regardless of what's between you and that flag, whether there's a lot of clouds or there's, you know, whatever it may be, it's raining, it's snowing, you can still see the flag. Yeah. And that's where we're heading. Two years ago, we could not have imagined, no one could have imagined what we were about to encounter in terms of, as you aptly described, the Black Swan event. And since then, so many other black swan events, but that resilience, that empathy, that leadership on innovation and technology 
in by putting people at the center. I absolutely love that. Your description of that is profound. Putting people at the center, the employees, the customers. Yeah. I mean, that's what this is all about, isn't it? And it is. so I'd like to go just a bit further, Ashley, in this interview with cross-sector collaboration. Yeah. Um, our late chairman emeritus, the former Congressman Louis Stokes, he was a giant. And as you've heard, and it's true, we do all stand on the shoulders of giants. Mm -hmm. And I personally and professionally learned a lot from Congressman Stokes because he was a statesman and he was a leader. And he always said, George, cross-sector collaboration is critically important. The sectors, getting the sectors together can solve so many of the world's most vexing issues. And so I'd like to ask you, Ashley, why is cross-sector collaboration so important to you and your organization to solve so many of the world's most vexing issues? And then to go further, how do you infuse collaboration into your daily mission to successfully achieve your goals? You bet. It's funny. I think about this expression that I used to hear a lot um, growing up. And it's, you know, some of us are better than one of us and all of us are better than some of us. And I think it's because we all bring our unique perspectives. Um, we all bring our unique experiences and we all bring our unique skills to help solve these problems. Um, and I think the disruptions of the last couple of years and the global goals we're tackling affect every industry and every organization. And these are hard problems. Um, and I think we need people together at the table working to solve them. And I think consortiums like IdeaGen are absolutely critical to sharing challenges and solving problems that are affecting the world. You know, a great example are the challenges we've seen in the supply chain. Um, that's not a retail challenge or a manufacturing challenge. It's a challenge that impacts nearly every industry, every business, and every consumer around the world because of how integrated our supply chains are. And as I think about collaboration in my role and with my organization, it's critical to move faster, to foster agility and to accelerate growth. And a big part of my team's charter is to collaborate and drive these conversations with our customers and to help be a convener, to get multiple types of customers together around the table to help them adapt and innovate so they too can achieve commercial value while also driving inclusive, sustainable growth. Incredible. And to hear the, the challenge of sustainability and, and also to hear about supply chain, you know, it's ubiquitously described across media today about the challenges of the supply chain. And I think helping with technology and innovation to solve these issues and trying to stay ahead of those is, is of vital importance, obviously. Yep. And I'd like to shift just a little bit, a little bit to focus a little bit here on what we're talking about, which is your career as well during your incredible career and gosh i can't wait to see what else you're going to accomplish because it's just remarkable you've helped companies go from million dollar multi-million dollar revenue to billion dollar revenue yeah. you've done this with all of the areas that you described today with innovation with putting people at the center with really looking at that collective impact. Ashley, can you talk a little bit about the impactful strategies that helped you achieve this organizational success across the spectrum? 
You know, we talked a lot about unlocking people and culture. I think that is at its core. Uh, we also talked about empathy. That's been uh, a key strategy. And I would actually link to something that you you talked a little bit about earlier, George, around uh, experience. And I think it's been this notion of empathy and getting close and proximate to our customers' experience and to our employees' experience. Um, and what's interesting is that the IDC is forecasting that experience is going to be the number one outcome that the C-suite will care about in a post-COVID world. And think about what COVID has exposed, right, from a business perspective. We saw marketing campaigns for products that the supply chain couldn't fill. Um, that sales teams may not have been incentivized to sell. That service teams may not have had the capacity or ability to serve. Um, and, and I think COVID really started to expose these seams, right? So that was kind of like the customer experience side of this. There was also the employee side of this. And if you think about the Federation of Systems and Tools uh, and what that's meant over the past few years, you know, it made employees' lives harder uh, and made serving the customer more difficult, particularly those employees that were on the front line that were dealing with the consequences of this disconnection that was happening across the business enterprise. Um, in this moment in time around the great resignation, you know, employee experience absolutely matters. It's like, how do you take the great resignation and turn it into the great retention, right? How do you solve for these themes? And in this age of the customer, every business needs to focus on customer experience and employee experience uh, to drive growth. I think they need to understand that every interaction from marketing to sales to delivery to service is part of a customer's experience. Um, and true differentiation is no longer in just this seamless experience. That has become table stakes over the past few years. True differentiation is now all about personal experience. And personal experience is unlocked in two ways. The first is it's unlocked by connecting data across silos. It's unlocked by getting to deep and meaningful insights about the population of people that you serve. Um, but it's also unlocked by using technology to connect teams across customer problems, creating an environment for collaboration and for learning and for well-being. Because when you unlock this, you unlock your people. And when you unlock your people, you unlock market share for today and for tomorrow. You know, I'm not often at a loss for words, uh, but I am at this moment because that was just poetic in every sense in terms of unlocking data across silos. You know, if I could tell you how many times I've mentioned silos, we like to think we're a silo buster yeah, because we convene across sectors and silos and we knock those silos down. And I think you added data to that component, mm -hmm. data silos as well. And really the customer and the personal employee experience also being critical. And I can tell you personally with IdeaGen, we could not have made it through the past few years without Teams, for example, yeah. because it gave us that digital proximity that's so vital to get the job done, to have this communication element continue and thrive yeah. throughout what is one of the most difficult times, I would argue, in human history. So we'll say that. I want to personally thank you for the inspiration, the authenticity, the empathy, and just the enthusiasm that you've brought to changing the world, Ashley, because it's profound. And I'd like to ask you, what is your call to action today for our global audience? 
First, thank you for the kind words uh, and for the opportunity to be here. And, you know, if I were to ask folks to do one thing, I would encourage people to look at how they think about innovation. Um, historically, I think conventional wisdom would say we innovate to gain competitive advantage. Uh, I think today it is a much more pressing and urgent priority. Today, I don't think innovation is about competitive advantage. I really think it's about survival. So I urge everyone to consider where you can make the greatest impact today. Is it innovating to unlock solutions for your community around poverty or around hunger or around education? Is it clean energy? Is it sustainability goals? Is it driving equality and equity for every human by helping to create a more inclusive, productive workplace, people at the center? Like, we all have the ability to start somewhere. The key is to starting now. So I think that that would be my, my call to action, George, would be just to think about how, how you personally as a leader think about innovation. How do, your, how do your organizations think about it? And then how do you drive this notion of, of speed and inclusion to getting after some of these challenges? And whatever your goal is, you know, now is the time. And I would just say, if you need help, whether it's to benchmark or you're looking to understand Microsoft's perspective, I'm here uh, as a resource to, to help you along the way. Ashley Haynes Gaspar, CEO, U.S. Business Applications at Microsoft. A heartfelt note of thanks. Thank you for your leadership. You are indeed leadership defined. Thanks so much.